We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. Another edition of the KCSN Draft Show. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. I'm excited to be talking to my dear pals here. Uh, Eric Gelko, director of the East-West Shrine Bowl. What's good, buddy? What's going on, man? How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I, uh, you know, we've got free agency in full swing and all that good stuff. There's all kinds of stuff there, but uh, we're going to be talking about some draft prospects here, too. Maddie Lane's with us as well. Matthew, uh, how are we feeling? Listen, we all know this is my favorite time of year when everybody just speculates randomly and wildly about free agency and we talk about hypotheticals 36 hours a day. Like It's the best time of the year for sure. You love it. Galco, Maddie, if Maddie could do a draft show 365 days a year, he'd do it. Like There are times during the off season or during the, I'm sorry, during the regular season where he's just clamoring for us to do draft content, actively lobbying on air for it. So this is like his wheelhouse. Two weeks ago, I, I had you debate yourself for one of the receivers, right? It was like, you like, I'm like, why, like, say something nice about this player. And you like said the counterpoint. You could have a draft show by yourself and debate yourself. It's impressive. Oh, don't, don't give me ideas. I'll pitch it to, idea. to BJ and see if we can get into this. Because if, anything that gets me out of free agency talk, I'm actually down. Just do different like, voices and just the same player. Oh, I would. I, I've, pick- I've done costume changes on live shows before. So <laughs> he, he literally did. He, wasn't it that shirt that you were wearing, Matthew? Probably. I don't know what. I think it was. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you if you're watching this. If you've kind of been paying attention to this show, we've been kind of breaking down positions. Uh we've been going position by position. It's the tight ends turn. Uh and this is an interesting group of tight ends. And I'm gonna start the, the in the same way we kind of talked last week. I wanna ask you, Galco, off the top, how many tight ends go in the first round, do we think? Uh, I probably set the over under at one and a half, um, because I think it'll be one. I think it's there's enough intriguing guys. A couple teams could really use a tight end, and I think every year when you get past, you know, teams have between what fifteen and twenty first round picks usually based on the team, but they're all different players, like not entirely different, but different players. So I think usually by like the mid to late twenties, teams are like, all right, like who's a fun guy we can take that makes this first round pick worthwhile. I think enough guys, Musgrave, Meyer, um couple other players Dalton Kincaid some teams like right that like hey maybe one of those guys sneaks in as, as a first round pick so I'll set the numbers over under one and a half I'll say it's one but that's it 
Matthew, what do you what are you taking there? I well, see, here's the thing. Coming into this, I, I would have gone the over because like just sitting here watching the combine, listening to, you know, Rich Eisen and DJ talk, and then just hearing stuff, you get this feeling that's gonna be a lot. And Darnell Washington has this great looking combine yep. after he lost 20-ish pounds from his playing weight, and everybody already has, you know, Meyer and we've done the Dalton Kincaid stuff. So it feels like it should be higher than that. But at the end of the day, I it's hard to justify in a good tight end class taking a tight end in round one sometimes because there are a handful of them that are good even beyond these first four guys that we're talking, right? It's like you start to compare and contrast what's available in round one versus what's maybe available in round two and you start looking into other positions. I could see you getting out of round one with other bunch of teams thinking they could get a guy just as good uh, in the second round. I think this is a very fascinating tight end class too because I think there's a lot of stylistic differences between some of these guys that are sitting at the top, right? And so, you know, there's a little bit of like pick your preference. So if you're trying to identify teams that might want something a little bit different out of their tight ends, like there's an, there's an answer to them, you know, for them, you know, in this draft. Uh, even with these with these top guys, you've got, you know, Luke Musgrave, uh, who's kind of like, you know, it's like a, a thicker Jasicki almost, maybe. <laughs> like a thicker Mike Jasicki. You've got, you know, Dalton Kincaid, who's, you know, kind of got a little bit more diverse catching ability. Michael Mayer's your true wide tight end, but, you know, has a little bit more uh, diversity as a pass catcher. And then you've got Darnell Washington, who is one of the more unique Wild prospects. card. One of the more unique prospects. I want to start with Darnell Washington. Like, I know he's yeah. probably not tight end one for everybody. But watching Darnell Washington, he looks like if you're watching them from the from the end zone view, from if you're watching him from the end zone view, he looks like another tackle lined yeah. up on the field. He's just this unique physical specimen, physical specimen, great blocker, does some great stuff in space. Um, you know, probably a linear, kind of a more of a linear player as a pass catcher, but just just a unique, unique prospect. What's your thoughts on Darnell Washington, Galco? Well, I guess I'll ask you guys, like, does he have, in your guys' opinion, the highest upside that they tied in this draft class? Who? Wait. <laughs> okay. No, this is how I answer the question. Like, yeah. it's, I don't like to change my opinion based on stuff you see in Indianapolis, but would you come in 20 pounds lighter than all of Eddie. Come on, that's not I don't know. I don't. Come stuff. Come on. He came in 20 pounds lighter and he could move. Yeah. When I watched him at Georgia in pads at 280, he moved like a tackle. I mean, he an athletic tackle. But just the way he ran, it was heavy steps. They were all long. He just moved like a tackle. But seeing the way he moved after he shed some weight, it's making me at least semi-re-evaluate. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I think the upside is probably the highest. I just don't know if he gets there, right? Like, I think that's the question is like, I, I don't know. I'm still, I don't know. I think losing weight and moving better has at least made me want to go back and watch a little bit more again because I really do think he moved entirely differently just at the combine with less weight and no pads. I mean, that's the big thing. And I'll I'll just add like, you know I think, I don't know like you look at past the success for him he's not he's not going to have the same kind of hip fluidity as some of these other guys at the top of the tight end class but I don't think it matters like he's going to make plays in the passing game still I think there's more upside for him in the passing game as he grows and develops and yeah maybe if he plays at two sixty five and maybe he's not going to have the same kind of wiggle as some of these guys. Or, you know, he's not going to get open the way Travis Kelsey does, but he's going to win at the catch point. He's strong. You know, he's going to he's going to make some plays over the middle of the field because he's just that big and he's got that kind of catch radius to him. And I think he kind of showed that a little bit, too. So I I don't know. It's, it's, it's a unique question. I think that's I think that's an interesting way to, to kind of frame it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think he does, and I think the fact that he can be again, I'm I'm really and we talked pre-show a little bit too. Like I'm laser focused on like what role are you going to play in the NFL? Because I think you get lost sometimes and like this guy could do this and like Dalton Kincaid, like, but can he block? Right? I don't I don't think he can. And like, all right, if you can't block, then you can't do a lot of stuff that people need tight ends to, especially as teams. We're seeing more and more like teams want to run a lot of eleven personnel and a lot of no huddle. And if your tight end can't block, Mike is sick. He's not a tight end, right? He can't play in eleven personnel, right? So, all right, so now I can't play eleven personnel and, and hurry up. I guess some guys ought to bring someone else in. So I basically had a receiver. So my point on Darnell is like he can block. He's got crazy athletic ability, and he got some upside that I think that intriguing wise, I think he has the most upside. Is he a top tight end in the draft? I don't think so. But in my experience, in terms of draftability. Guys that are rare always go earlier than you think. And I think he's pretty freaking rare. And I think he's pretty special. And like, it, it's a lame to say, but like, probably worst case, he could be a tackle in like four years. Uh, <laughs> best case, like, best case tomorrow, he's my tight end two blocker who's going to be a threat in the red zone tomorrow, like week one of the NFL. And that's more that I can say than Kincaid, who I think is a great playmaker. We'll talk about him in a minute too. Luke Musgrave, who I think is a better blocker than we have credit for. But again, he's going to have a transition period. But like, tomorrow, Darnell's playing so I think I think wildcard's best way to say it because I think if you say you know what like in terms of what our offense does he's our fourth tight end okay if he's like you know what he got beat the freaky talent he helped us tomorrow I think like the Giants would love that and just like him and Daniel Bellinger and like we got two tight ends who can block for us who can oh make God. plays down field like we love our offense let's take him over a receiver we don't like that much at 25 so I think the wildcard's right answer I don't think he gets out of the top 40 picks and I would say he's got a good bet to be a top 35 32 player in this draft overall because he's pretty special and something with like being a red zone threat i think that yeah. gets overlooked when it comes to tight ends is everyone you hear that and you immediately think oh a jump ball and the back pylon but mm-hmm. when i can have a, a guy that comes out there and essentially blocks as good as your sixth t- offensive lineman's going to what do you do about that like now it's no longer a red zone threat from this guy just going to catch a touchdown pass he's going to cave in your off-ball linebacker that you try to line up over him, or he's going to you know, wash away the defensive end who's not paying attention to him a lot better. So just, I think there's a definitely like a safer floor of what you could do with him. It's just a matter of what is that blocking tight into short yardage red zone specialist as a floor. How important is that to you? I'm with you. I think that he's kind of a guy, I, I can't see getting out of the top 50 picks for sure, but like, I mean, even maybe even eke it up a little bit higher the more we talk about it. And I just think his role is a lot clearer, I think, than some of these other guys. Like, it's a very clear role in my mind of what he's going to look like for another team. Maybe there's more upside on top of that as well. Yeah, and it, I think he's a high floor and a high ceiling player. That sounds pretty awesome. Really? <laughs> well, I, I, that's where I was kind of going to go next because, like, I, get, I think the, the conversation about floor could go okay so a darnell washington's probably got one of the higher floors of the four guys we're talking about if again it's luke it's luke musgrave out of oregon state dalton kincaid out of utah michael mayer out of notre dame and then darnell washington out of georgia i think that's that clear tier of like the four you know bad best I'm gonna add luke's schoolmaker there but we'll get to him later up uh-huh i uh, yeah well, well we could get to, we definitely want to get yeah. to him later too for sure um but I think when I look at those four, it's like, okay, we're talking about floors. Like, I, I do think Darnell Washington has more uh, uh, more paths to success at the next level than some people probably give him credit for just because he's yep. already coming in as, like, a, a, an exceptional inline blocker, a unique talent. Um, is Michael Mayer – like, who has a higher floor, though? Is it Michael Mayer or is it Darnell Washington? I don't know. Oh, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Huh? Yeah, I think, I think Darnell has a higher floor. I think, again, I think he's a tight end, too. 
like like I mean like tomorrow I mean like in training camp, which is pretty rare. Like very very few rookies have an immediate starter level role coming out. Maybe four or five guys, and I think Darnell is one of those rare guys where like he could be at a field tomorrow. He could have played in the Super Bowl and not found a place, which is pretty rare for a guy. So, um, whereas I think Michael Mayer. I feel really confident in his pass catching role. Like I think like a Kyle Rudolph 10 year role wins in the five to 10 yard area. He's going to be a guy. It sounds dumb, but like he's going to be a five to 10 yard hitch guy can like always catch the ball and not lose those battles. And that's a big deal, especially you see the chiefs. Like that's half of Travis Kelsey's catches. Sometimes they're just like sit in his zone, box out somebody, make a play and make a play off of the catch do even better, which obviously Kelsey is the best at. But that's where I think Michael Mayer comes in as like, I think he's probably the second safest tight end in this draft. Because I think he can block, he can run all those routes. But again, I don't think any safety in Michael Mayer's entire career is going to be worried about the cover two hole for Michael Mayer downfield, middle of the field. I think that's where he's maybe a little bit limited, like what his upside could be and also what his immediate impact could be, could be as a really dynamic pass catcher. So I like Michael Mayer. He's probably probably a third tight end for us. Um, I think overall for that reason, because I think the upside's a little bit capped, and I think he has to be a little more dynamic playmaker in today's NFL. But that being said, he's a damn good football player. It, I, yeah, I kind of sit there on the on the same line. It's, I I think he's got a pretty safe floor, but I do have a little bit of concern that he might just kind of get lost as you step up to the next level in terms of like the athleticism and finding a way to be a little bit more than just a, a safety net uh, for the next yep. level. And again, good blocker. Is he a great blocker? Is he a guy that's going to create mismatches with his blocking? I, I don't know. Like those, I do have a few questions there. So good player. Would love to have him, especially as a Chiefs fan. We're sitting here with Travis Kelsey. You want to tell me they're going to find a value on Michael Mayer and get to slap him next to him for a while? Like, fine, absolutely no problem. I don't know if I'm a team that is really that really wants a top tight end, you know, a, a tight end that you can help funnel your offense through. I don't know how comfortable I feel like making Mayer that guy for me in this draft, especially just the more I watch, the more I think he's really solid. I just don't know if there's another step to be taken. I'm I'm a little curious now too, just to kind of get your perspective here, um, Daco. Just because you know this, I think that there's a lot of interesting players up and down this this you know, board at tight end, and you know we talked about those four, first four kind of off the top. How many do you think are gone by 63? Where the Chiefs pick in the second round? Are they all yeah. gone? Um, I will say, by the way, Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington were the top two recruits by rivals in 24-7 coming out of high school. So these guys mm-hmm. have been studs for like seven yeah. years now, and like we're not getting any rare territory here. Um, I do think that all five of the tight ends, I'll keep adding them in there too, I think Add, all go for five it. are going to be gone by 63. Because um, I do think after those, right, she's picking at 63, I think after those five, there's a pretty noticeable drop-off to the Tucker Craft. Bright and strange, like really talented, but still curious as far as who they are. Um, I think it's a pretty clear drop off there. And those guys will probably go like late third. It'll be like a drop, my thing at least, like late second to like late third. There will be no tight ends drafted mm-hmm. and then another run in late day two or late day three. So I think those guys have a different, different tier, but I don't think any of those five will go in the, just based off talking to teams, like that kind of yeah. back. I think all five of those guys will be gone by the late, by the early 60s, put it that way. Let, let's talk about that fifth guy because, yeah. you know, I, we talked about those four at the top, but Luke Schoonmaker is a guy that w- was at the East-West Shrine Bowl and he had an outstanding NFL combine. I mean, yeah. if you're looking at relative athletic score, he had a near perfect relative athletic score at a 9.75 on a 10 scale. That's really, really good for him. Um, and, you know, he I, I, he didn't, I don't believe he practiced. Uh, he wasn't, he, he got hurt in the playoff game and his shoulder wasn't quite healed yet. And it's yeah. pretty much good now. I think he just, 
his pro day is next Friday. So we didn't want to do any bench press to accommodate him being like, Hey, I'm going to go my pro day anyways. In like a week, like my shoulders, like hundred, like 99%, but he, he was close. And he, about a day before the shrine will show up, he told me, he's like, Hey, I'm probably not going to clear and do that kind of stuff. But that's what, that's why he wouldn't play that. But he's there all week long. interview with every NFL team many, many times. And he had, and he had a great, I mean, he had a great on field, yeah. you know, workout there. So let's talk a little bit about him. Um, yeah. You know, you've got a better perspective on Luke Schoonmaker than about everybody else. So let's just kind of hear, you know, what you think about him. You 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 put him in that tier of five, um, and you think he's probably gone before the Chiefs pick in the second round. So let's let's hear a little bit about him. Yeah, I mean, a preseason um, NFS, which you know works every NFL team, like he was above every other tight end in this draft. I was a senior. I mean, he was he's viewed that way coming into the year for NFL teams, Michigan Big Ten program, like Big Ten tight ends. Don't yeah. pretty good NFL players, and Luke was a top recruit and top player. Like he's been this guy as like a plug and play starter tight end. I think the injury um, kind of made him kind of, and also the production wasn't entirely there because he had another tight end, Eric Hall, who's a guy from next year. And the Michigan offense wasn't super pass happy this year, not really great production from anybody. So I think he kind of got lost a little bit. Whereas you know Mayer and Musgrave, Musgrave got her obviously, but he had production a year ago. Mayer productive, that kind of guy, Kincaid, all the great plays he made. I think Schoolmaker got lost a little bit, but. I mean, talking about like plug and play NFL wise, like he can block an above average level. I think he's still getting better there because he used to be a terrible blocker. Luke, tell you that he used to be so bad in high school and early in college. And like he's worked his butt off to get there and added that weight to his frame. So like he's an above average blocker. He's a really good short area route runner like Michael Mayer is not as physical as Mayer can be sometimes, but he's still really effective there at separating. But Luke has, I think, the athletic people that appreciate like there's corner routes, there's post routes on film seam routes where like you can see him explode and separate a little bit too. And, you know, Luke's going to run again at, the, at his pro day at Michigan uh, next week. And like it's, or this week, and it's going to be really impressive times again. Um, so I think he's, he's an athlete that people have underappreciated. He's an above average blocker. And again, you talk about like floor. Hey, he's a starting level wide tight end in the NFL, similar to, I think Daniel Bellinger, people really underappreciated a year ago in the fourth round, but we had an early round grade. I love that kid. I think Luke is, a little a better athlete and as complete of a plug and play starter like Bellinger was this year too. So if you missed on Bellinger a year ago who started for the Giants like week two and only probably because he was a fourth round pick, not a second round pick, like I think Luke's a better version of a guy like Bellinger who was a breakout rookie. So I, I think, you know, we have Schoonmaker above one of the top four guys you had mentioned because he's an NFL starter tomorrow. And so I think the other name that we haven't mentioned yet that a lot of people want to put into this top group, and I think it's kind of maybe a good idea, I'll let you kind of compare and contrast him a little bit with Schoonmaker, is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people kind of like him because you see a little bit of the wide receiver background. You see there in, for a tight end, he has pretty good short area agilities. You see him, they get him going into route sometimes, but he's still working with an offense that is far less than ideal at the college level there in Iowa. Yeah. So just what about, you know, kind of where do you see the difference between a Schoonmaker and a Sam Laporta and what for you kind of has a Schoonmaker as the better of the two, clearly? Yeah, I think Laporta's not as, I think he's a good blocker in space, but not in line. I think he's more of a in-space type of tight end player too. He's a great player. We might have the Shrine Bowl this year. He opted not to play an all-star game. So I, I definitely like Sam quite a bit as a prospect. And I think his ball skills down the field, like he's a, Maybe the best at maybe outside of Dalton Kincaid at like truly winning in the scene, like between linebackers and safeties. Like he's really good there. I trust him quite a bit. I think Kincaid's pretty special there. I think he's really good there. I think he's a great blocker in space. You want to run outside zone. You want to have him go to the second level, like a safety or linebacker. He can do that in line, not as good either. But I think you go back to like, all right, if he can't block in line, how high of a grade can I really give him? That's where I kind of have the one reservation on Laporta. But I think Laporta's 
probably a slight notch better as a true like downfield second and third level receiver than than Schoonmaker. But I think I think you group like Washington and Mayer are a group. Musgrave, Schoonmaker are kind of a group, and then I think like Kincaid and Laporta are kind of a group of like these are the guys like Musgrave, Schoonmaker are the wise who you can disagree on their blocking ability, but maybe one's a better receiver, one's a better blocker. Meyer and Washington are the big physical guys who are going to win in the short area and hopefully more than that. And I think Kincaid and uh, and Laporta are kind of the guys that I don't trust as an inline blocker, but they're really impressive athletes outside. And that's I think that's you know how, grouping them that way. How you rank these guys, like that should make sense. Like if you don't like the guys, like I'm not as big a fan of guys that can't play in line. That's why we're a bit lower on Kincaid and Laporta. If you like those kind of guys more, then they should be higher on your board versus guys like that either. So that's how I group those those six guys together. We're gonna we're gonna keep stacking this tight end group, but we're gonna take a break real quick. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Folks, I got to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I gave it a try because I wanted to get that better gut health. I wanted to uh, have the sustained energy. You got to support the immune system, especially this time of the year. And I hated taking all those pills and vitamins to actually get all those supplements, and it tastes great as well. I take it in the morning before I start my day, before I make that cup of coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on everything that we've got going on here at KCSN. And you know, all great athletes take care of their body. I'm not the same kind of athlete as Patrick Mahomes, but I still like to take care of my body. And that's when uh, I've been going to AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. You get all that nutrition in just one little cup. It's it's a great, it's great for long-term gut health support as well with 75 high quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. That's athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, we're talking the tight end group here uh, this week. And, you know, we've kind of discussed, you know, some of those top tier guys and some of the guys that are probably going to wind up in the first 63 picks before the Chiefs even fall. But, um, you know, I I don't know, like, Galco, there's there's a lot of interesting players still. Like you had some, you know, like like a Blake White Whiteheart out of at Wake Forest, you know, as another guy that, you know, I just you've got unique perspective on him. I'd love to hear your kind of perspective on him. Yeah, um, I think he's a slower version of a guy we had a year ago, the Trumbull, Chico Congo. Chico Congo is doing all right. Chico's awesome. And like, you know, again, he's you know, a guy that I, I had to like, I should have been more aggressive on Twitter of like yelling at people like, why don't you understand this guy is going to be so dynamic, especially after the combine. But mm-hmm. but Chico was a special guy, a special route runner. Blake, so I'm not going to put that on Blake. And I think Blake, not the same kind of physical specimen and like freaky act that Chig was. But I think stylistically, they're very similar, right? Chig's a guy that, again, he wasn't going to be a top two round guy because he didn't have to go to play in line. But I think that unattached tight end, H back type role is like where Blake Whitehart's going to be in the NFL as well, too. And we saw it in the Shrine Bowl, saw it on film where like he can run those wheel routes to tight end and get downfield and actually get some separation and win some ball skills there, too. So I think he's a guy that's going to be probably somewhere in that day three area, mid to early, depending on how he runs his pro day and how teams had to value those guys, too. But again, I think teams. Miss a die with a guy like Chig a year ago, and I've told teams like, hey, I'm not saying Blake is Chig. He's a different level of athlete and maybe a notch below, but same type of value for the NFL. And so I, I wanted to kind of look at a, a different group, but I, I know one of these guys I don't think you're as high on because you've already given me a little bit of a few jabs for this, but these three guys, I kind of see them as they're clearly tied in twos, more blockers, maybe a little bit of red zone ability, but Britton Strange out of Penn State, Payne Durham out of Purdue, and then I have Davis Allen out of Clemson kind of in that same group. I see them all transitioning the NFL into the same general role, and these are guys that are clearly behind these first few groups we've talked about. I just kind of have them in a group of a bucket together, so just kind of get your ideas on those three players. Yeah, I think I like Brenton Strange, I think, the most of that group. I think he he really flashed a lot this year, again, breakout guy. I think there's a lot of room to get better and improve where I think Davis Allen and Payne Durham are kind of are who they are. Where well, I think Strange has a little more ability to get better as a downfield route runner. I think he's can be a plus blocker, but I think he can get better there a little bit too. So Strange is a guy that I, I know a lot of scouts were hoping would stay in school. Um, again, the scouts are being selfish. Brenton had a lot of roots come off of the draft, and he's going to be a draft pick, so I don't blame him. But I think a lot of scouts selfish were like, hey, this guy's really close to being you know a first, second round pick, and he'll probably go somewhere on third, fourth round. But I think he's a notch above the other guys you had mentioned too. And I think for you know, for Payne, he's a guy that I like, and he played with Ed O'Connell. I love that Purdue offense, but but slow tight ends are always a worry, right? If you if you're slow, you got to yeah. be a really good blocker, and if you're not a really really elite level blocker, it kind of gets hard sometimes too. So Payne's a great kid, and I think he's a high character guy who 
show the ability to kind of maximize the ability by being a slower tight end. But I think his 40 time at the combine was was actually good for him in terms of what he looks like on film sometimes. But I think Davis Allen's, I think he's kind of a tight end too for you. And he wasn't a guy that we were huge fans of, but some people in the league certainly are. Yeah, and so he's like, yeah, it's just all three of those guys I kind of see is the same general role. And so, yeah, I was just interested to see your spot. I agree, though, that Britton Strange of that group has the most upside. There's kind of the most yeah. untapped potential there with him. And I think that's pretty evident when you see him. It's almost not fair to compare Penn State tight ends to any other position because those guys are just always the freakiest of athletes of all time. I mean, we haven't talked about him yet. Zach Kuntz, ex-Penn State tight end, goes out there, yeah. blows up the combine. Everyone's going to want to talk about him, too. I when I watched him on the film, I don't. I did not see that athleticism coming. Good athlete on film. I just didn't see one of the best combined performances of a tight end coming. So, <laughs> Kendall, what did you think about him too? I mean, leading no, up to it. Yeah, I, I, I. It's not always on film, but his background would tell you that he was going to run freaky. We, we know for all time. In fact, I probably can probably check some receipts back in like July. I tweeted about Zach Coles a couple times, being like, "This guy's going to test super well." And he was a great track athlete in high school. He tested well at a high school combine. He's always been a good testing athlete too. So. Zach's a great player. I think, I mean, he would have been at the Shrine Bowl if not for his injury this season. So it was bummed to have him kind of deal with that injury as well. But yeah, I, I think it's not, he's not a finished product either. And you kind of worry as a guy who's been around for a while to say, hey, he's got the injury now. That's why injuries are so tough, especially for guys like him or Headed Hooker, is that like they're older, they've been around, and you haven't seen that next step yet, or you're running for one more thing. And now you can't do that in the draft process. I think for Coons, it's like, you're right. I agree with that. He hasn't put that elite athletic ability on film I think he can but I think that's one thing he's kind of missing still too and I think that's why it's he's kind of been robbed of maybe being a guy that could be in this top tier because I think athletically you could clearly he could be in this top tier of tight ends like top top tier I'm talking like the the Luke Schoolmaker Dalton Kincaid like Darnell Washington tier he could get there but he hasn't shown enough on film or the injury kind of robbed him of having a draft process to do that so he could have been a guy that comes to the Shrine Bowl and would have been like holy shit who is this guy first second round pick so I, I he's he's gonna go on early he's a classic like early day three hey it's worth the risk he's healthy now this guy could be a stud but what he's gonna mean in the nfl it's kind of more of a a lottery pick a dice roll than it is like i know that where he's gonna be because he could be a nothing in the nfl or he could be you know a bellinger who's a fourth round pick who starts as a rookie what I, I, one of the things i'm kind of curious about and just kind of get your perspective with him is upside as a blocker like how optimistic are we about him being able to translate as a consistent blocker because like there's just some natural leverage issues that i think he struggles with at times just being such a bigger bodied kind of guy and taller lankier like i does that fact does that even factor into his projection too though like i those are, I, yeah, I don't think you know? he's going to ever be a plus blocker. And I think, you know, I'm not trying to be negative, but blocking in, in at tight end is kind of like playing defense in the NBA. Like, if you don't give any effort, like, it's pretty clear and you'll never get better at it. And I think some guys, and there are some players, I mean, yeah, a lot of guys in this class at tight ends just aren't going to be blockers. They don't have a desire to be great blockers, and that's okay. And I don't think that's going to really be him, but I think his athleticism and his length is going to allow him to be a good blocker, okay blocker, and get you out of games. But I think his real value is going to be, like, Again, if you can stretch the seam, you're forcing a linebacker not to blitz. So the best block is having a guy not blitz because you're so athletic. I think that's what that Coons can do. Like if you're that athletic, you know, the Chiefs teams can't blitz their block, their strong side linebacker as much because they got to protect Kelsey. You can't just let him go. So like you're protecting blitzes every time by being a good athlete. So I'll I'll defend Zach by saying like, hey, I'm not sure he'll be a great blocker. He'll be an okay blocker on, on outside zone and stuff like that. But I think in terms of being a pass blocker, a guy to linebacker to account for, He's too athletic to not be a guy that linebackers would worry about when they're watching Phil. And like with blocking with tight ends, and, 
it's mostly effort, at least if we were trying to make this projection up to the next level, but even more so, like, there's there's different levels. If, as long as you get a tight end that can be a functional blocker out in space, a guy that can go out there and I can go fit up on a safety or a defensive back or a smaller right. linebacker in space, I can make that work, you know, at least in my mind, an offensive coach, not myself, but an offensive yep. coach can make that work at the next level. So as long as you show the effort and can get there, I think there's a path to making it work. It's when you have guys that have no interest to even go go hit a safety out there yeah. in space where I'm like, okay, now we're starting to get to a real problem. And there's, again, levels to the blocking. But as long as I get a guy to do that, I think that's probably a, a passing test for me, at least, especially when we're talking about in this range with this level of athleticism. It's okay if you can't block Nolan Smith. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I beg to differ. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody that's hanging out with us. Uh, you can pre-order the KCSN draft guide. There's a link in the description of the show. I have to mention that, of course. We're talking draft. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised I went 27 minutes without mentioning that you can get 300 pages of chief specific draft content for $12.99 and you get three months to the KCSN Substack. The link's in the description of the show. What a deal. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Um, okay, so, uh, Yauco, I want to know a couple of questions. Uh, there's obviously, we're going to, you know, we're going to see a lot of pro days here. Yep. Who is the Shrine Bowl tight end that's going to really surprise some people with their pro day? Um, I would have said Princeton Fant. Um, fortunately, he's suffered an injury, so it won't be him at Tennessee, but he's a guy a lot of NFL teams like quite a bit. Um, and, and I think Luke Schoonmaker's going to run again, and he'll improve on those numbers. Like, he was mm. pretty mad about his combine numbers, and they were good. But, like, oh. he's testing really well. I don't know. Much would be conspiracy. I think everybody, trainers, I'm sure my buddy at the Senior Bowl as well, was bummed. Like, some of these numbers were, like, way higher than people thought they were going to be. So, I think mm. I'm not trying to blame the combine. But, like, I think we'll see a lot of fast numbers at Pro Day, and not just because people run faster at Pro Day, but because, like, combine times mm. seemed a little weird. So, don't be, like, I would just recommend people, like, don't, throw out pro day times just because they're better. Like I think pro day might be more accurate than combine this year for a lot of guys. That's a different story. I'll give the answer. Joel Wilson. Um, Joel Wilson's a guy from central Michigan. If you guys haven't heard of him before too, he's a guy that my staff busts me all the time because I'm a sucker for former quarterbacks. If you play quarterback, you play something else. Like I'm in Dan Henley talked about him last week, right? Like Dan Henley, quarterback turned linebacker. Love him. Joel Wilson. Wasn't Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods is a quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. He's a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So, um, exactly. So that's why I think I'm a sucker for those kind of guys too. But he's a really smooth mover. I think he's he's a tight end that's not going to be a great blocker. I think he wasn't. He's not the most freaky athletic in terms of like 40 time. But I think his overall workout will be, he'll be definitely in the green in a lot of areas when it comes to RAS, right? You said RAS profile will be green in a lot of areas. So he had a great, I thought he had a good trying ball week as well too as a guy who's still, again, why I like the quarterback stuff so much is that like you can be a smart like football IQ guy and then, there's all this reason to get a lot better as a player. And Joe Wilson's only playing tight end for three years. He's already capable when he is a route runner. I think he'll test well as, a, as an athlete. Well, too. He's the guy that's probably the best athlete who was at the combine will test. So here's, I'm going to give you a very fun question to answer. So yeah. what, tight ends, it's a position that's, it's it's hard to find the connection from college to the NFL. You look at first round tight ends, the hit rate's very low. All these guys come from various different kind of backgrounds. Unless you play basketball, you know, play basketball, maybe you have a chance at tight end. Don't play basketball. Play basketball. What? <laughs> Never heard of that before. Um, yeah. So, anyway, just it's hard to find the connection, right? And so we get these guys that come out of high school as high level tight end recruits. They go on to college. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. You have to figure out this projection. So here's two guys highly highly recruited out of high school, good athletes to the tight end position, but I don't know if they ever put it fully together in college. Which one do you think? 
would has a better chance to finally put it all together in the NFL? Will Mallory out of Miami or Jaleel Billingsley out of Alabama via Texas via not invited to the combine? <laughs> Will Mallory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I think, think it was Jaleel, close either. Yeah. It, I mean, Jaleel is someone I talked to. I talked to Jaleel actually early in the draft process because his talent, his flashes at Alabama, his natural talent, top recruit, like I, I'd be bad at my job, but I'd do my homework. And I think Jaleel has changed. He's grown up a lot since the Texas issue. And I found with Jaleel is that he's so light and he's he's kind of like, I'm not sure. I mean, he's a tight end because he was on a depth chart at Alabama and Texas as a tight end. I'm not really sure he's a tight end. Um, I think he's, he's still wrestling with that a little bit. I kind of advise him like, hey, add some weight here too. So, And he's got a lot of questions to answer as well too. I think Mallory is, I think you kind of hit it. Like it, it, he's intriguing. He's a guy we've known about and talked about for, you know, before I took the Shrine Bowl job, right? And by talking to teams and advising there, like, hey, this guy really can keep an eye on him. But he's been kind of a keep an eye on him guy for like two years now. And like, I've, I've seen, I've gotten eyes on him since. And like, it hasn't really completed to the next level at either. So I'm not really sure what, what Will is. I think he's really talented. I think he's had a lot of flashes. I'm just not sure, again, in terms of role, like as NFL coordinator, you tell me like, what is he doing for you tomorrow? Truly, that he's gonna take someone else's job and can do that job at a level that you're like pumped to have him. That's that's what's a hard part with tight end sometimes. That like that's why I go back to roll every time. But like, all right, you can't block at a capable level. All right, if you can pass catch as a slot at an elite level, you can't do that. All right, so now what are you? Like right away, I'm like, what are you? And if you can't do that, okay, can you be an H back and be a really good athlete like Chig and get separation? Okay, if you're not that, then like. You're just being tight end for what reason? I'm not sure. So I think Mallory's a guy that I'm not sure which one of the three things he fits in today's NFL, but he's definitely a talented player that, that has a chance to get drafted for sure. Okay, I got another day three. Unless, Maddie, did you have something you wanted to jump in with? Okay, so another day three guy, I think he's probably a day three guy, um, that has some local connections. He's got some connections to the Chiefs. So Travis Vokalek, I believe, was from Springfield. Uh, he played with Isaiah Pacheco before he wound up at Nebraska. Um, I believe he performed in on-field drills at the NFL Combine, but he did not test. Is that correct? I think that's correct. Yep. Feedback on Travis Vokalek. He's kind of got some local flavor to him. What was the feedback coming out of the NFL Combine? Yeah, um, Combine, I, I'm not sure how exactly how teams felt him. I thought the workout was good. Um, I think he's a taller. He's, I don't think. I know he's a taller tight end. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen his height. Um, but I think he's a little bit like upper body. could be a little stiff sometimes. And that kind of caps out kind of maybe where short area stuff is, right? Like a short area guy, you got to be like bendy, twitchy. You could be down the field guy. You could be a little taller and more uh, and more linear as an athlete. Too. I guess what kind of Travis really is. Um, but I think his role at Nebraska and he kind of suffered through some inconsistent quarterback play the last last year. But I think he was able to win as a seam guy. I think he's a guy that you can send down the middle of the field and he's going to force teams because he's so tall and can move a little bit kind of force linebackers to drop back. You can't really play cover two consistently when Travis is downfield. I think he also showed kind of some perimeter route runner separation. He didn't have the best ball placement sometimes from quarterbacks, but I think he showed that ability there too. So again, I think in terms of like what his role is, he's a capable blocker who can work enough downfield that I think there's enough of those guys in the NFL that, hey, you know what, this guy can be, if I have a really athletic tight end one who's more of an in-space guy, can move a little bit, Travis is that perfect complement to be a good blocker, can throw in the middle of the field. You can move a little bit where teams can't just, you know, focus on him as a seam only kind of guy. And that's where he ends up. I think you're right. He's a day three pick. I, I feel good about him getting drafted. Um, being at the combine kind of tells you teams like him. There are other tight ends that were there too. But I think he'll be drafted. I think his uh, his workout is combine. If he can be an above average tester and kind of exceed a lot of expectations, including mine, and they could put him in the fourth, fifth round. But he's he's an NFL player in that exact role. I think that's what he feels good about. 
I think uh, I think he he had some good moments too uh, when he was in Vegas too, and some of the one on ones and yep. um, you know showed some ability as a blocker there. I was really impressed with his frame. Like I was I I didn't realize how. Like, do you think he's tall too? <laughs> yeah, I do think he's tall. <laughs> I, I do, Gabko. I also think he's tall. So I, I'm glad right, I can get that for him. Let's, 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 let's confirm that he's tall. Got it. That's that, re- that's re- the re- kind of <laughs> that's the kind of hard hitting analysis you get here on the KCSN Draft Show. Make sure you tune in next week when we come back to talk about other tall players or short players. I don't know. We'll find out. You'll find out what position we're covering next week. Thanks, y'all, so much. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.